This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. I told you last week that we were going to have a special guest in studio, and I am just thrilled to get to bring back Jeannie Cunyon because Jeannie, you've been on our podcast before, way back in the beginning, but this time you get to be in person. I know. I'm so happy to be here today. I'm just so excited to have you here. And I feel like you are someone who your writings have just deeply impacted my life, my parenting, the way that I view so much of how I approach relationships. God has used you. And now you have this brand new book that is on a topic that I have become super passionate about in the last few years. And I just cannot wait to dive into this. So Jeannie's brand new book is called Don't Miss Out, Daring to Believe Life is Better with the Holy Spirit. And if anyone follows me online and any of the places, but especially on Instagram where you listen to the podcast, you know that I'm really, really into just this concept of what it means to rely upon the Holy Spirit. And I have gotten so many questions. I was telling Jeannie this before we started about what does that actually mean? How do I actually walk that out? How is that going to change my life? And so in this conversation, I think we're really going to dig into that and it's going to be practical. It's going to be inspirational. And I hope that God is going to use it to really change your life, change your walk and help you to live a much more super powered, supercharged life. But before we get to that, Jeannie, let's start by just having you 
introduce yourself to our audience for those of you who might not know much about you. I would love to. And thank you for having me. I would say the same thing about you. Your writing, your leadership has mm. profoundly impacted my life. Your newest book, Love Center Parenting, so powerful. So thank you for how you've encouraged me and been a leader in my life. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, um, praise the Lord. And we also know we both have lots of kids, so we have that in common. <laughs> so to introduce myself, I am a I'm a mom. I'm a um of five boys, actually. They range mm-hmm. from five to twenty-four. Uh, I'm a wife and I am an adoption social worker by training. So you and I also have that mm-hmm. shared passion in life. Um adoption social worker and I never in a million years imagined that I'd become a writer or a speaker, um, but the Lord <laughs> determines our steps. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to write books and to have conversations that point us to the hope and the love that we have in Jesus. So um, it's just a joy to join you today. And so your other books, is this your third? Yes, third, third book. book. Okay. Right. So your other two books were more for moms and on parenting and from more of that perspective. So this is a shift. A major shift. And it's a book I never envisioned writing. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that. So last book, Mom Set Free, was about knowing our freedom in Christ, Mm -hmm. how we as moms carry all this pressure to get it all right, and how uh, knowing Jesus and the role that He plays in our lives frees us from all of those pressures that really crush us and steal the joy from the adventure. So this is the thing. Jesus set us free. Mm -hmm. But it's the Holy Spirit who keeps us free. It's the Holy Spirit who empowers us to live out that freedom for which Christ has set us free. And so after I wrote Mom Set Free, I honestly didn't even know if I'd write another book. Uh, It's kind of like, here I am, Lord, I'm available. Use me as you will. And soon after I wrote Mom Set Free, I began to find myself getting stuck in things I had been set free from. Patterns, habits thought patterns going, well, what is happening? I've been set free. I've written the book about it. I'm speaking about it. I'm living out my freedom. And yet sometimes I get very stuck. And that's when uh, the Lord really revealed to me, Jeannie, Jesus set you free, but you're trying to live free in the power of Jeannie. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the power of Christ to keep walking out that freedom. And so I began to pray a very simple prayer, which was just, Lord, I want all of you I want to know all that you have for me. And I don't mean that in terms of blessing, right? I just meant like you, the person of Christ, the person of the Holy Spirit, like give me all of you. I want to know the fullness of living out this life in you. And that's really when the only way I know how to, you know, describe what happened is I just began to have this curiosity about the Holy Spirit. Who is he? What, and and like you said, what does it mean to rely on him, right? Having grown up in the church, I'm a preacher's kid been following Jesus since I was eight years old. And I couldn't answer that question, Crystal. What, is it, what does it really mean to rely on the Holy Spirit? How does he change my life? How does he make things different? Because I could have conversations all day long about God the Father, and I could have conversations all day long about God the Son, but I realized I didn't know a whole lot about God the Holy Spirit. And so God's answer to that prayer was to reintroduce me to the person of the Holy Spirit. Who is he? What does he do? And why does it matter so much? And that's how this book, Don't Miss Out, came to be. I mean, if you had, if honestly, if you'd asked me to name a hundred things that my next book might be about, I would not have listed the person of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I did not see this coming. And honestly, I fought it because I thought, 
I'm not qualified to write this book. Mm -hmm. This is a complicated topic. This is a controversial topic. I'm not a controversial person. Um, But the more I got to know the person of the Holy Spirit myself, and the more he began to change my life, uh, just leaning into that relationship with him, it was the book I couldn't not write. Mm. Because I realized I had been missing out on all of God. And, And then I started to have conversations with friends who were also following Jesus, but said, you know, Jeannie, I wrestled with those same things. Who is he? What is his purpose in my life? Um, I have a lot of friends who were afraid of him because of the way his name has been used and abused for people's personal fame or power. Um, And so there are all these misconceptions, and I wanted to understand who he really is. And as I began to discover that, it became the book I couldn't not write. So I think that many, many, many people can relate to that feeling like you're following Jesus, but you're wrestling and it's hard and you're struggling and you're just feeling like, what am I missing? Like I'm missing something, Mm -hmm. but there, I feel like there's this almost this chasm between where we are and where we want to be. So many people that I talk to, they, they want to live a life that is resting in Jesus and really seeing his faithfulness and seeing God show up and feeling his call on their life and living life fully kind of sold out to what God has called us to, but yet they feel stuck. Yeah. And I think that that's really what you were kind of talking about that you're, you're feeling like, you know, this freedom is there, but the path to finding it and relying upon that freedom and who we are in Christ, do you feel like it was through the Holy Spirit? Yeah. I mean, I think that is one of the many roles in his, one of his many roles in our lives. He is the, he's the map, he's the compass, he's the fuel, right? So I think about this, right? So the salvation narrative, right? It's it's if you put your trust in Jesus, you receive eternal life, right? It is a free gift of grace. And that is the most important, right? Like if you put your trust in Jesus, you receive eternal life. What we don't talk about is this other really beautiful thing that happens in that moment. When you put your trust in Jesus, God puts his spirit in you. At that moment, God puts his spirit in you. You also receive the spirit of God, God's personal presence living inside of you at that very moment, not not at some point down the road when you achieve some level of holiness or some level of knowledge, but at that moment, you are empowered to live out that life to the fullest that Jesus Christ came and died and rose again to give you. But we don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. So I think what happens is a lot of us only know that when we put our trust in Jesus, we receive eternal life. But then we go out trying to live the Christian life in our own strength. We're trying to live the Christian life without the power of Christ. And a lot of times it's just because nobody told us about this priceless person who has been deposited inside of us, who wants to give us everything we need to live a godly life. He wants to give us everything we need to fulfill the divine purpose on our life, right? That's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. He's, he champions us. We don't talk about that, but the Holy Spirit, Jesus called him the helper. And there are so many ways that you can translate that word. It's so rich and full of meaning. 
So it's, he's an advocate. He's a, an intercessor. He's a counselor. Oh, we could talk about that for a long time, right? He's uh, a comforter, but he is a champion. So God has deposited unique gifts inside of you. You have a divine purpose on your life. Like the sign behind me, behind you says, you were created to make a difference. And we feel that, right? We have that <laughs> in us and we know we were created for a purpose to make a difference. And the Holy Spirit is saying, I want to help you. That's why I've been given to you to help you fulfill the divine purpose on your life. I think about it in terms of, um, Crystal, think of like, it's your maybe it's Jesse, maybe it's a friend who's been in your life for a long time. It's just somebody in your life that you know is for you. Somebody who is so for you, right? Like when you're weary, they hold you up. When your arms are heavy, they lift them up. When, when you have a dream in your heart, they want to help you figure out how to um, pursue that dream, right? When you're, when your heart is breaking, they comfort you. When you are struggling with something, they want to pray with you. That's who the Holy Spirit is. That's what God gave him, uh, gave him to us to do. And so, um, I think they're just, when, I think when we begin to understand that role of the Holy Spirit, then our posture toward him changes right? That we no longer have to fear him because of the way we've seen his name used and abused. Uh, we no longer have to keep him at arm's length, which is really what I did. I talk about that in the first chapter of the book. My posture with him was like that thing we do where we hold one arm out and say, stop right there. But with the other hand, we're saying, okay, come a little closer. Okay, stop. Okay, come a little closer. Um, because we're not sure what he's going to do if we give him access to our lives. But if we're willing to trust him, we will discover that he is a priceless gift. Mm -hmm. And then our posture toward him will change if we recognize that he is this priceless gift that can't be bought, right? The thing about the book of Acts where Simon tries to buy the power of the Holy Spirit. He's not, a, he's not a commodity. He's not a power that can be purchased. He is a gift of grace given to you by God to help you live a godly life, to help you fulfill your calling, to help you Turn your eyes toward Jesus and away from sin so you don't get stuck in the gutters and the potholes of life that happen to us when we don't stay in step with where the Holy Spirit guides us. So if it's if the Holy Spirit is all these things, which I truly believe, like as I, in my journey about four years ago, I was in this discipleship program at church and our pastor started teaching on the Holy Spirit. And for the first time in my life, I was like, hold up, mm -hmm. wait. I never saw this in scripture before. Yes. And it I just started seeing through the pages of scripture, the spirit is there, it's there, it's there. And I realized that all my life, it was almost as if I created rules instead of needing the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It was almost like if, if we follow these rules, then we're doing the right thing instead of relying upon God's spirit. Yeah. And when I started recognizing that I have his spirit in me. Like we, we know that, yeah. but we don't, at least for me, I didn't know that. Yes. And when I started to realize these little promptings, that little nudge that I'm feeling, that's God's spirit in yes. me. That's prompting me, go talk to that person, send that text. I'm calling you to do this thing and you're you're feeling that and I never realized that before and so I started paying attention to that and then also starting to pray and rely upon the holy spirit when there was just throughout my day like it's become almost just throughout my day as 
you know, before this interview, um, before I have a conversation with someone, when I need to address something with one of my kids or have a conversation with my husband, or I'm just feeling overwhelmed with life, like recognizing I have his spirit in me and that changes everything. Everything. I, I don't have to do this on my own. And I just feel like there has just been, I don't know any better words than to say my life has felt superpower and supercharged as a result of his spirit, really relying upon his spirit. But as I share this with other people, oftentimes I just am kind of met with these blank stares. Mm. Like, what does that even mean? How would I even start to grasp that? So I think what you're sharing, people want this, Yeah. but how do we get there? Yeah. I can't even tell you how much I resonate with everything you just said. Like I knew but I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And as God began to open my eyes in scripture to the work of the Holy Spirit, it blew my mind, literally like that, that emoji, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what it felt like every time I sat down and I saw in scripture, the Holy Spirit at work. When Jesus said in John 16, it is better for you that I return to the father so that the Holy Spirit will come. Mm -hmm. How have I never seen that before? How many times have I read the Gospel of John and never noticed that Jesus actually said, it is to my advantage that he goes to the back to the Father so that the Holy Spirit will come and take up residence inside of me. Right? He was saying that to the disciples because they were dependent on his physical presence. And so he was saying to them, but now I'm going to have, I'm going to live inside of you because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. So then you look at scripture and you look at how Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit in his earthly ministry and how then at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and filled the disciples and radically transformed their lives. Like you're talking about, like a radical transformation. That's the same Holy Spirit that is available to us today. Mm. That blows my mind. The same Holy Spirit who empowered Jesus in his earthly ministry is the same Holy Spirit that filled the disciples and started the church is the same Holy Spirit that lives in you and me and everyone who has put their trust in Jesus. So it is available to us, but just because, and this is, you know, to answer your question, just because he's available doesn't mean he's active Mm -hmm. in the same way in every person because we have to cooperate. We have to cooperate so we can grieve him. We can quench him. Those are big words that I unpack in the book. They're not as complicated as they sound, Um, but we can never lose him. That's Mm -hmm. really important. We can Mm -hmm. grieve him. We can quench him, which means we can basically impede his work in our lives. We can get in the way, right? Like we can get in the way of ourselves, Um, but we can never lose him. He doesn't give up on us. He doesn't leave if we're not cooperating. And so the extent to which we're going to experience his power and his presence is significantly dependent on whether we're cooperating. And that goes back to your point of when he nudges, do we heed that nudge or do we ignore it? When he encourages us to um, repent so that we receive refreshment, do we, do we follow that? Or do we, do we say, we say I'm, I don't know that I want to be well. I'm going to stay over here in this thing. Uh, when he nudges me to apologize to my husband, when I want to hold on to bitterness, do I follow that nudge or do I stay in resentment? When he tells me, hold your tongue when you want to lash out in anger at your child, do I heed that nudge or do I unleash because I feel justified in my anger? And so these are different ways that we either, like you said, cooperate, yield to his guiding us, or are we kind of digging our heels in and saying, I 
I want to stay in this thing. And so that has a lot to do with whether we experience the intimacy with God the Father and God the Son, because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings that sense of closeness, that sense of um, tenderness. He invites us into that sacred love. Now, I don't want to confuse feeling with filling, right? Because it doesn't, mm-hmm. you're not always going to feel it. So if, you, if you're not feeling it, it doesn't mean you're not filled by Him. If you have put your trust in Jesus, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, but we have to cooperate. And I think as we learn, it's almost like the sacred dance. That's what uh, Richard Rohr calls it, the sacred dance with the Holy Spirit. So like you said, as you be, as you participate in that dance, you really do become more aware of His presence, God's personal presence with you. And as you experience that, you only want more of that. You don't want to get in the way of that because it's it's such an extraordinary way to live your life, to go throughout your day, to just, even on my way here, I was worshiping in the car and I just felt the presence mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit with me, right? And it's just, I don't ever want to be without that. And yet I can get in the way of that. If I am choosing to live in intentional sin or choosing my own way, when I know he has called me to something better, something more beautiful. So I don't know if that's helpful, but I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the ways we rely on the Holy Spirit is we cooperate with those nudges. We cooperate with his leading. We cooperate with his conviction. And his conviction is always for our good. I think that word conviction can feel heavy and very Christianese. But really, it's just a way of saying, the Holy Spirit is saying to you, Turn this way, not that way. Over here, this is for your good. This is where life and freedom and abundance is. That's what conviction is. It's him turning us away from the things that the enemy uses to kill, steal, and destroy. It's for our good. Conviction is always out of love. It's always for our good. And that's helpful to me to remember when I want to stay stuck in patterns or thought, you know, toxic thoughts that I know are not from the advocate, the Holy Spirit. They're from the accuser, the enemy. Um, because he is your champion. He's championing you and he's for your good. He's he's in you and he's for you. One of the questions that a lot of people have asked is, how do you know that a nudge is from the Holy Spirit? Because I know that sometimes I will feel strongly about something that it ends up, that was not, like that was something that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, to give an example, since we're foster parents, um, there was, it was a number of months ago, but we got this opportunity for a call for a child. And I felt really strongly that we were supposed to say yes. And Jesse didn't. And, and so in that case, then looking back, we ended up, we actually did say yes. And then right before we said yes, um, another family had already said yes. And then we know that family, we've gotten to see this walked out and realized that was not what God had called us to. But I, I felt that. And I think there was for me looking back, it was almost this, obligation. I felt this, this, this little girl needs a home and we can provide that. And and Jesse didn't feel that strong. You know, he just felt he had some reservations. And so what do you do when you're feeling something, but you, how do you know this is the Holy Spirit or this is just something that I'm feeling obligated or I I should do, or I want the approval of others. And am I making sense for that? Totally, totally. And I wish there was a really straightforward answer to that. Um, And I love your honesty about like, I thought it was, but it wasn't, but maybe it was, maybe it was just the Lord, you know, putting something on your heart and, and, and you having that opportunity to say fully abandoned, you got my yes. Mm -hmm. And then we have to recognize that he's sovereign. He can intercede. He can intervene in these ways, in these ways where we feel we're being called to this and we feel the Holy Spirit's leading us in that. And then the Lord goes over here, Mm -hmm. right? Like he's, he, he doesn't, um, he doesn't abandon us in that. 
So I, I wrestle with that all the time. And we're in the middle of making some really significant decisions in our lives about work and about where to live and about, you know, big decisions we need to make for some of our kids. And we're literally like, Holy Spirit, guide us. Holy Spirit, give us wisdom. Holy Spirit, intercede for us. And and we're waiting for a lot of those answers. But I, I would say that one of the things that we can always confidently do, we can always confidently know is that whatever we sense has to be tested with what the Word of God says. Mm. That is our benchmark. If I'm sensing something in my spirit, is that in alignment with what God's Word says? Because if it's not, I immediately know this is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wouldn't guide me to condemn somebody. The Holy Spirit wouldn't guide me to do that thing or say that thing or look at that thing or buy that thing that's not in alignment with the truth. Um, and so that's always one of the first things I do, you know, is what I'm sensing in alignment with what God's word says. But then you get to more specific things, like you said, and you're like, well, yeah, being a foster mom, loving an orphan, that's in alignment with the word of God. Mm-hmm. But yet in this specific situation, you and Jesse weren't aligned. And I think that's another really important point, which is I think he, he uh, confirms things in our spirit through peace. Right, even when he was hovering over the waters in Genesis one, right when God said this, um, the Bible says the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. He was bringing peace to chaos. He was bringing calm to chaos, and so he communicates with us by bringing peace in our spirit over decisions we have to make. So, when there's peace to proceed, I think that's the Holy Spirit. If there's peace to pause and to wait, mm-hmm. I think that's the Holy Spirit. And then, and then I'm just going to acknowledge that sometimes I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to think it was the Holy Spirit, but maybe it was my pride. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was my, you know, because we are fallen and we're going to make it, mistakes and mess up every day. So yes, our human nature, our selfish wills can get in the way of what he's, he's speaking to us. And I think that's also really important why we do life in community. Really important, right? I mean, the Trinity is community. Mm-hmm. God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And so we're very dependent on people in our lives who we know are in pursuit of Jesus, mm-hmm. not in pursuit of perfection, pursuit of Jesus, to speak things into our lives, to pray with us, to give us a word of knowledge. I've had friends call and say, I've just, the Lord laid this on my heart for you while I was praying for you today. And it was, it was an answer to something I had been praying for and I wanted God to speak into. So when we welcome other Christians into our lives to do community, I think the Holy Spirit very much communicates through the word of God, through other Christians who are in pursuit of Jesus, and through that sense of peace that we get in our spirit. That's really, really helpful. And as you were saying that, I was thinking just that specific situation of I have the tendency to be a really like I feel something and then I just act on it. I I don't have Same. that <laughs> time of like, well, we should really consider all the different, you know, whereas Jesse is much more that measured study. And I feel like God has put us together because mm-hmm. he works in my spirit and in his spirit. And uses God's spirit to kind of work together with both of us. And so I love that, you know, maybe he was putting that on my heart and it produced what ended up is that we had really great conversations from it. And we we got to talk through some things that we really needed to talk through about who we both feel comfortable saying yes to. And we also talked through some things of I was honestly feeling like we needed to say yes because our home was open at that point and we didn't have a child that was in our home. And all of my other friends who were fostering, it seemed like they were saying yes. And I was feeling almost like we're, we're really dropping the ball here. You know, and it was it was about my reputation. Wow. And so it was so good for us to 
have those conversations. So I do feel like there was, his spirit was prompting me to go to Jesse to present this because we needed to have those conversations, you know, but ultimately there wasn't that peace there. And I look back and I see how one, she's with this family that that is very clearly who God has for her to be with. But then also we wouldn't have the sweet little boy in our home that we do now had we said yes. And so just, I love how God uses his spirit and people and his word, like all together. And so to have those almost as if checks and balances, you know, so that we don't just run ahead in our own strength. Again, thinking it's this, the God spirit when we haven't really, what does God's word say? What do the wise people who are pursuing God around me, what are they, you know, what is their counsel for me? What are they speaking into me? So that was, thank you. Thank you. I'm just processing this out loud. Thanks for sharing this. This is really, really helpful for me. As we're wrapping this up, I would just love to hear from you. What does it look like for you to rely upon the Holy Spirit? As you've written this book, you've you know, really, really studied this. And so in your everyday life, maybe give us an example of something just in the last 24 hours. You know, what has it looked like for you to really fill his spirit in you and to rely upon him? No, that's such a good question. It really begins with every day welcoming the Holy Spirit's presence, his leading, just acknowledging that he's there mm. and starting the day saying, good morning, Holy Spirit guide me. I think about Galatians 5, you know, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. And I see a radical difference in my day when I let the Holy Spirit guide my life as Paul instructs us to do versus when I guide my life, when I, when I function out of the flesh, honestly, there's just a radical difference in the kind of wife I am, the kind of mom I am, the kind of Christ follower I am. And then then I see that fruit and so it's a beautiful invitation. Jesus says, ask. In the Gospel of Luke, he said, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so it's a simple practice of asking, you know, fill me afresh, come Holy Spirit, worship music that welcomes the Holy Spirit. has been really powerful practice for me. There's so many beautiful songs out now that just come Holy Spirit, rest on us, fill us afresh. And, and those are really powerful practices for me because like you, I am so prone to do life in my own strength. I am off and running. And so I have to go back like throughout the day. It's not just to come Holy Spirit in the morning. It's like, oh Lord, you know, before I speak to Crystal, you know, fill my mouth and my heart with truth. Um, before I, you know, drop my son off at college later today, you know, give me words of wisdom and comfort for him when we leave him in the dorm. It's just that continual invitation. It's like you would reach out to Jesse throughout the day, right? To communicate about decisions you have to make. I guess there's your example, right? You're communicating with your spouse about the logistics, about a concern, about a dream, about a prayer request. Let's do that with the Holy Spirit. Mm. He lives inside of us. Think of him as that person to you. He's your person, right? There's, I have a car that says that I, you know, bought for one of my best friends. It says, you're my person. Mm. And I think about the Holy Spirit that way. You're my person. You're a divine person. You are God, the Holy Spirit, but you are also a divine person with a mind, with a will, with emotions, with the most dynamic, interesting, delightful personality. So go throughout the day with him and watch him change you. You don't change yourself. You participate in the work that he wants to do in you by cooperating. So invite him in and watch him make something beautiful. Watch him empower you like you talked about. Watch him give you that fuel. Watch him um, encourage your heart with scripture you've stored in your heart. There, He works in so many ways that we don't understand. Welcome him into your life. Get to know him. 
you will radically change your life. I feel like I don't need to say anything else. (laughs) That was just such a good close. But I hope that this has inspired everyone who is listening to really just step back and say, am I living life in my own strength, pursuing my own agenda, or am I truly recognizing that as a child of God, I have His Spirit in me. Mm-hmm. And all throughout every single day, I can participate in the work of the Spirit. I can invite Him. I can rely upon Him. I can cooperate with Him. And it can radically change your life. If you want that, I just cannot strongly encourage you enough to go get a copy of Jeannie Cunyon's new book, Don't Miss Out, Daring to Believe Life is Better with the Holy Spirit. As always, if you have any question on any topic you'd love for Jesse and I to answer on a future episode, or you just have feedback or suggestions, or you'd love for us to change something or do something different, we love to hear from you. We love your emails. And so you can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 